Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode. So we have a return guest. I think you are our second return guest. We've only had two people come back. So she feels super special. (laughs) I feel so special. But this is Kate Morton. She is a registered dietitian and she is the founder of Funkit Wellness, which is the seed cycling company that I use. And I just, I want to answer all your guys' questions about seed cycling. So the most common are like, how do I seed cycle without a cycle? Like, let's talk about the science behind it. Is there science? Because people want to call it pseudoscience. Um, What about PUFAs? What about rancid? What about lead? So if you have had any of those questions, um, let's talk about it. Ooh, someone did tell me something really weird about um, seed cycling the other day, I think it was something like, oh, that's going to disrupt your hormones. Like, I'm like, okay, so we're going to talk about all of that here. Um, so for the people who don't know you, I met Kate on, um, Instagram. You actually messaged me. I literally remember the, the, the night I was like laying in bed. You should never be on your phone at nighttime guys. And I opened the request and it said, funk it wellness. And I was like, this is going to be one of those spam messages. <laughs> I was for sure, but it wasn't. You, you're normal. And I remember too, like I listened to you on a podcast because I remember it too, because I was in my old apartment before Austin snowed and my house flooded. And <laughs> I was like, it was when I was still like making the seed kits in my kitchen. And so it was like a long, long time ago. And I was like, I heard you on this podcast. And I was like, she's so cool. And she already knows about seed cycling. I was like, oh, she'll probably never respond. Cause we were, I think we had, you know, like a hundred followers at the time we were so new. And I was so happy when you responded and we've really been friends ever since. I know it's a good thing. I like actually looked at what your page was <laughs> versus the name, but let's talk. Okay. So first for everyone, like that doesn't know who Kate is. Can you explain like why you are a registered dietitian who loves seed cycling and all things like hormones? Because, um, I don't know, I guess it depends on which side of the fence you sit on. There's some people that like only want to listen to people with like these medical degrees or nutrition degrees. And then there's other people that hear, if you have one of those degrees, you're automatically the devil. So can you walk us through that? Yeah. It's such an interesting place to sit because it is tough because you know what you're so my I went through a traditional education process so I got my and if you don't know what it is like becoming a dietitian I'll run you through it really quick so you do your undergraduate degree in nutrition and I did mine in nutrition and kinesiology so I did study of the body and I also did nutrition and then you do a 1200 hour internship that's unpaid actually you pay them to be an intern and you Mm. go work in like community spaces and hospitals and you learn about how to actually be a dietitian in practice. Then that's your undergraduate. So that's for most people, five years. And then I went and got a master's degree in human clinical nutrition because I was dead set. I was going to be a pediatric pulmonary dietitian. That was my dream. I got my fellowship in that. And I went and worked in a hospital and I worked with children and I really did love it, but it 
was not for me. Working in a hospital was not for me. I am, I just am not good at following the rules that are set out in front of me. And I just didn't, it was hard for me to know all of these amazing trending research that was coming out and all of this, how you could be functional and how holistic medicine could come in and how food could be used. And it was hard for me to operate in the constraints of a hospital. I also got an opportunity to move across the world to New Zealand and I chose to do that. And then I got a whole new view of healthcare. And then that's kind of what formed where I am now. And I went back and got um, certified as a functional dietitian and integrative dietitian. So it was a long process to get where I am. And I, I get both sides because what we're taught in school is to not break the rules. These are the rules that are set out to keep people safe. And like, I get it. So I understand like where Western trained um, practitioners are coming from, but then I also get where functional and, you know, holistic and more integrative practitioners are coming from because we've seen these things work for our patients and our clients. We've tried them ourselves and there may only be this like very small amount of research, but we can see it changing people's lives. And you guys have to think research is so expensive. Mm -hmm. So it is so hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars to do these research studies and it's behind. So Mm -hmm. it's very behind. And so, you know, what we know now that we're seeing anecdotally with our patients and our clients, it's probably going to take 10 years for the research to catch up. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I still believe that peer-reviewed research is a really, really important part of shaping our guidelines. And we have to find a marriage of the two, mm-hmm. you know, what does the research say and what are we seeing in practice? And then what is the risk benefit reward here? Yeah. You know, is this a dangerous practice that could potentially hurt people and there's not a lot of research, or is this a relatively safe practice that we haven't really seen any negative side effects with that could help people? And so mm-hmm. that's kind of just like a window into my mind of, you know, what's going on? How do you make these decisions? And, you know, I look back at some of the things I educated my, you know, diabetes patients on and my weight loss patients on early on in my career. And while I was just teaching them what I was taught, I really wish I could go back and tell them I'm sorry. And like, this isn't actually, you know, what's going to help you. And so that's why I'm very committed to trying to be as up-to-date with the research as possible, but then also being transparent that research isn't always going to win here. Yeah. And there's times when I tell clients where I'm like, I don't know, but I will figure it out. (laughs) Like I will look into it for you. That's like what I always tell people is like, And everyone's so individual. Mm -hmm. And so I also think it's really tough when we're given these like general guidelines for women or general guidelines for men, general guidelines for pregnant people. Like it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think that like, and when it comes to pregnancy or breastfeeding, nothing's tested on pregnant and breastfeeding moms because it's unethical to like do a lab test. So at that point, you're just kind of (laughs) like making an educated guess. It's so, so tough. And then like women's health research is already so underfunded and that's just like the truth of the matter. I mean, look at how little research there is on PCOS and endometriosis. Look at how little research there is on fertility. Mm -hmm. I was on a podcast recently to talk about post-loss nutrition. I spent Mm -hmm. months preparing for this podcast and I scoured every single piece of evidence I could find on the internet and books and my textbooks. And really what it came down to was I really had to look at the different components and come up with a plan that was 
like there's no actual research on it. So mm-hmm. that's just another thing to keep in mind. You're getting all my like grievances with the research community. At the no, I agree. Cause there'll be people that are like, Oh, there's no studies on seed cycling, which actually there are though. Let's there actually are. And I was going to say when we first met, there was not, but there actually is now. So yeah. What question do we want to start with first? I mean, do we want to do a quick overview of what seed cycling is? Or should we yeah. just link the Let's other start there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what seed cycling is, is you track your cycle. And if you listen to this podcast, I'm guessing you're already tracking your cycle or it's something you're at least thinking about. Um, and we kind of divide it into, so yes, there are four phases of the menstrual cycle, but when it comes to seed cycling, we're going to break it up into our estrogen supporting phase and our progesterone supporting phase, just for simplicity's sake. So from the first day of your period to when you ovulate, that's going to be pumpkin and flaxseed. And then after you ovulate until your next period, that's going to be sesame and sunflower seeds. You're going to have one tablespoon of each seed ground, depending on which phase you're in. So one tablespoon of flax, one tablespoon of pumpkin in that first half, one tablespoon of sesame, one tablespoon of sunflower in that second half. They need to be ground and organic, and we're going to get into rancidity as well. So, and fresh. So that's really important. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And what it essentially does is it makes shifting your nutrition with your cycle easy. Yes. And so when Kate's saying ground, don't, well, I guess let's start with rancidity then. Don't buy them ground from the store because they're most likely rancid. Um, nuts, seeds, all of the, like I opened a box of nuts the other day that was in our pantry and I was like, mm, that doesn't smell good. <laughs> and I just, I feel like my nose has become tuned to this. I threw them away, unfortunately. That's like, same thing happened with walnuts. My husband got like frustrated because, and it, it is wasteful and I hate that, but I opened a bag of walnuts and they were gross. They smelled terrible. I was like, these are rancid. They've been sitting in a hot warehouse. Yeah. So it's, but do buy them whole organic and then grind them before eating. So, um, we'll get into like how to make your life easier with seeds in a few minutes. So rancidity. Yeah, this is a big one. And it's really important to start here because our food system, it's interesting. Like what we don't think about is like the time that comes from when the seed is like picked and harvested to when it's actually making it into our mouth. And like, also it's not growing right next door to us. There's transit time involved. And so you have to think about like, where's the origin of this seed? How long is it taking to get to me? And how long is it sitting on a shelf? Is it in opaque packaging, meaning that it's completely protected from the sun and it's not see-through at all? Or is it clear and it's like getting hit by the sun and it's causing rancidity? So that's the thing. The whole seeds are much more um, hardy. They can take a lot more, but they still need to be in packaging that's opaque. You can't see through it. Um, And when we talk about rancidity, why it's so important is it's not just because it's not going to make you sick. So like, well, it will, but it's like a longer, <laughs> it's a longer play there. Yeah. Like if you smell seeds and like, oh, whatever, I'm going to eat them anyways. You're not going to like, most likely not going to get like food poisoning, but what it is, is the nutrients have become unstable in them. So when we're talking about omega-6 fatty acid versus omega-3 fatty acid, which omega-3s are one of the main benefits of consuming a lot of these seeds those have become unstable, meaning they're going to potentially cause inflammation in the body. Cue the word poofas. Yeah. Cause that's <laughs> like the most, I get that all the time. Like what about poofas? And 
What yeah. I want everyone to understand, a PUFA is a polyunsaturated fatty acid. PUFAs are not inherently bad. And I can send you so much research on that. That yeah. they, in their stable form, are not bad. When they become bad and when they can become potentially harmful and when they can potentially cause inflammation is when they become unstable. Right. That happens when they're heated to high temperatures, seed, AKA seed oils. Um, that happens when they've been sitting out too long. That happens when you break the shell and they sit on the shelf for months and months, you know, ground flaxseed has an 18 to 24 months shelf life after it's ground. That's insane. I would never <laughs> send a package out that had been sitting here longer than eight weeks. So you think about eight weeks versus 24 months. That's like, that's where that rancidity is occurring. So when you're thinking about PUFAs, if you're consuming a lot of seed oil that's been highly processed with heat, if you're consuming seeds that have gone bad, that's when those PUFAs are going to become inflammatory and they're going to actually have the opposite effect. But a PUFA um, or polyunsaturated fatty acid, I think sounds a lot less scary than a PUFA. They're actually not inherently bad for you. It's just the way you consume them. And like, also think about all those seed oils, they're sitting in clear packaging. And I know I keep coming back to the packaging and that's not something like I ever thought about before starting this company was that food packaging is actually really important for a lot of reasons. And one of them is light protection. And so that's why it's important. That was a long rant about PUFAs and rancidity. No, I think it's so important because I, and it's so important to grind them too before you eat. So I feel like people tend to do like one or the other where they'll like either buy them ground because they're trying to get simplicity or, and they're already rancid or they buy them whole, but then they don't want to grind them. And so then they're like, I just chew them really well. And I'm like, you're sitting there and chewing 40 times on one bite of seeds. <laughs> like probably not. Yeah. And that's really hard. Like I'm really focusing on chewing my food and I'm just even trying to do like 20 times. And it's like, time consuming. So I think the thing is when it comes to grinding them, think about a seed's purpose. It has all the nutrients it needs to grow a whole new plant. And in nature, we would eat these seeds, we would poop them out, and then they would fertilize them and would grow a whole new plant. So they're not made to be absorbed. So like you want to break the shell because that's how you're going to get all those amazing nutrients on the inside. Mm -hmm. So it is like an unfortunate, like quality issue when it comes to seed cycling. And I do think that that is like one of the things that is kind of a barrier for people is you have to be really intentional about where you get your seeds from. And also we get so many people who are like, Oh my God, I've seed cycle on my own for so long. And then I started using your seeds and like, I started noting, noticing a huge difference. And I think it comes from like quality and freshness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I when I met you, I was, didn't have a cycle. I was, I was postpartum. And so I didn't end up on trying the seeds till a little bit later. And when I did, I was like, why do these taste so good? <laughs> you know? And I, so then I started quizzing you. I'm like, why do these taste better than my seeds from the store? And I was like, Leah is because I'm telling you the seeds from the store are rancid. Yeah. Not all of them and not all of them. There are like good brands out there and like, there are things, you know, but majority of the ones they've been sitting there a long time and and like think about it from the company's perspective and like I'm not defending any companies especially not big food at all but you know like especially like 
for us to get the seeds produced, turned around and sold, inventory planning is a nightmare. If there's any entrepreneurs listening, you know, there's yeah. been times we're sold out. There's been times we've had to, you know, actually we've never, we've mostly had the sold out issue, which I'm really grateful for. But like, it's one of those things where big companies often can't take that into account and they just, it's not part of their business model. And a lot of them don't have a nutrition or a health professional involved in the company. So they're probably not even aware that the, what they're producing is not top quality. Yeah, no, I agree. You can definitely taste the difference and we'll, we'll give you guys some recipes soon here, but, um, okay. So we covered rancidity. We covered PUFAs. Um, let's cover the studies on like all the people that call sea cycling pseudoscience. Yeah. And if you're calling it pseudoscience, like I hear you. I wish there was more studies and we've actually just brought on a medical advisory board to our company to try to make that happen. And so if you're listening and you're a hater of seed cycling, but you would like to like do a research study with me, I'm open to working together and like changing, you know, showing you kind of what's out there. And, and I get it. Like there are a lot of BS wellness practices with absolutely no research that are harmful for people. And so let's go into the research. There has been one research study, it's a research review that looked at like all the different ways of eating seeds when it comes to PCOS. And it's really interesting because people who have PCOS, this is um, a population that I feel like I've been so blessed to be able to work with and like really learn so much about. And a couple of people really close to me have PCOS as well. And so that's actually what the one research study on seed cycling is on, is on the benefits for PCOS and insulin sensitivity Mm -hmm. um, and and having ovulatory regular cycles, which is so cool. First off, that they're doing research on PCOS and that they looked at a more holistic food-based approach. And we know when it comes to PCOS that diet and lifestyle management is a huge part of living a minimized symptom life or symptom-free life. And so that's what the one research study is. But if you look into seeds and menstrual regulation and especially flaxseed, there's a ton of research on flaxseed and estrogen dominant breast cancers. There's a ton of research on flax and phytoestrogens and menstrual regularity, which is cool because that also ties back into PCOS. Um, There's a ton of research on plant-based omega-3s from flax and the benefit for hormones. Um, Zinc is another one, which is in pumpkin seeds. So like pumpkin seeds, there's research supporting that it supports healthy testosterone levels on both women and men. So it works differently in our different bodies. Um, Sesame seeds, there's research that consuming sesame seeds can help with vaginal dryness due to its specific kind of phytoestrogen. And then sunflower seeds have tons of vitamin E and vitamin E specifically from seeds has been shown to be a PMS, just like eliminator, especially combined with vitamin B6, which seeds are one of the rare places in the plant world. We can actually find vitamin B6. And so there's a lot of supporting research. Like if you want to look at it from a zoomed out level, supporting these seeds. And then also if you look at the needs of the menstrual cycle and you overlap it with the need, with these like research study on the seeds, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I spoke at South by Southwest last year and people will be like, Oh, you know, what's the research on eating with the menstrual cycle. I'm like, there's actually a lot, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that show actually food-based B vitamins have a 35% better impact on reducing PMS, including seeds, that magnesium from these food-based sources, which majority of America is deficient in, 
this is an amazing effective way to get them in mm -hmm. um that we burn more calories in the luteal phase and amazingly enough the combo of sesame and sunflower provides you with the extra balance of nutrients that you need i mean it's really cool when you overlap the two segments of research and so i don't know like if you want to call it pseudoscience you can but i've also seen it work for at this point thousands, thousands of women mm -hmm. i agree and so i'm just gonna start here if you're allergic please don't eat them <laughs> That is one, that is an amazing point to make because like when people are like, well, who shouldn't seed cycle? I'm like, well, step one, if you are allergic or intolerant to these seeds, no, I'm allergic to shellfish. I can't have them. Like, it's just not a part of my life. So oh. allergies are, are a legitimate thing or even intolerances. Like, you know, sesame is an allergen and a common um, for intolerances. So seed cycling definitely would not be free. Yeah. I, I actually saw somebody comment and they're like, well, you know, I'm allergic to this type of seed, but I just decided to try like the other seeds or something, even though they're in the same family. And I had this horrible re allergic reaction. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> like use common sense. So start there. Um, and then in terms also seed cycling, I'll, like if you're allergic, people are like, what seeds can I sub out or what can I eat instead? And it's like, there really is no sub for seed cycling. Like it's you seed cycle or you don't seed cycle. But, um, if you can't seed cycle, I don't want you to like go cry into your pillow because like seed cycling is a part of your puzzle piece on your hormone journey. Yes. It's a tool. It's not a magic bullet. And like when I, I just started a new series on TikTok and I was talking about like things you have like period and nutrition tips. And the first five tips have nothing to do with nutrition because mm -hmm. like sleep, stress, you know, like those kinds of things. If you don't work on those things, seed cycling is not going to help you, honestly. Yes. And yeah, I, I'll even treat. have people in the comments be like, well, I want to, I was told to go on this medication or, you know, take this. And so like, do you think that will fix my issue? And I'm like, if you don't fix all the other underlying issues, like think about you know, if your car is rusting, not that your like body is a car and it's rusting, but if your car is rusting and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to like, you know, buff it out, but you don't take it in out of the rain or you don't put like a protectant on it, you know, you're, it's going to keep rusting. Like the problem is going to keep coming back. Um, and that's how I kind of look at like seed cycling and it's this amazing tool. I use it like, like you can pry seed cycling out of my like dead hands. Like I love it it has just worked wonders for so many people when they combine it with like blood sugar balance and sleep and stress management and, you know, getting rid of like triggers and all sorts of stuff. But like, so if you can't do it, I don't want you to be like, well, that's it. Like I'm going to have hormonal issues you can for the rest still of my life. Balance your hormones and you can still do other things. And like, I think seed cycling is a great tool because, okay, here's a few other things that like aside from the nutritional like components and research, you're waking up every day. I do it with breakfast. I'm like such a routine person. It goes in like same smoothie that I have. Well, I have like a cycle of smoothies I have. I have like period smoothies, follicular phase smoothies. I've got two days of ovulation smoothies and then I've got a luteal phase smoothie. Like yeah. our whole house is like synced around my cycle essentially. So I know not everyone does that. that <laughs> this is my life quite literally. And so you know, I have it every morning and like, that's every morning I'm waking up and like honoring my body and honoring my cycle. And I do think mm -hmm. there is a big, 
you know, body mind connection that we just can't quite quantify. And so I think that's a really cool part of seed cycling is like, there is a body mind connection. Like I'm waking up and I'm choosing to not only just be okay with the fact I have a cycle, but I'm choosing to like honor it. And then on the flip side of that, how many of us are so busy, myself included, that we run around some days and we don't, you know, eat as many vegetables as we should, or as many fruits as we should. And, you know, so seed cycling is like a power pack. It's like a punch of nutrition. And that can itself is just like mind-blowingly beneficial. Yeah. And just, yeah, like you said, taking that time to, whenever I do like uh, painless periods, like what, like one-on-one, like, what do you start with? I am like, slow down before your period. <laughs> and people are just like, how do you do that? <laughs> or it's so hard. I'm on day one of my period right now. And like, Oh, I have to say props to you for getting on podcasts on your period. I'd be like, no. I will say like, and I know this is going to sound like I'm being salesy, but I'm really not. Like, I swear to you, like if this was me three, four years ago, I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now. And it's just like one of those things, like my period is not that bad. My day before my period is when I'm really tired. Like yesterday I was like, I have to work from home. Like, and I gave myself an hour, extra hour of sleep and like got off my phone really early and like did all these things. But I also will go to bed at like eight 30 tonight. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely time to give your body some more love there. You know how I love a good old tart cherry juice to help you sleep or a topical magnesium gel if you're having some trouble getting in your magnesium. And I have sent you to a thousand different brands to try and get all of these different products. But I'm very excited to share with you Rocasa Organics, which I'm so excited to partner with because they have such an incredible ingredient policy as well as their products are awesome. Literally, that's all I got to say. So again, a friend introduced me to these products and I'm like, okay, I'll try them out. Um, Loved their ingredient policy. And so I started trying out different things. Literally went out and bought, spent my own money, you guys. I'm going to try these things out for sure before I recommend them. And the things that just spoke to me, the tart cherry juice has chamomile extract and valerian root. You guys, it was the tipping point for helping me sleep so much better while I'm pregnant. I even give a teaspoon of it to Landon and he's sleeping so much better. So we all know the troubles we've had with Landon sleeping. We use their elderberry juice. We use their magnesium gel. They have a muscle and joint cream, which when I popped my rib out, if you're following me on social media, that was, oh, it was so helpful. So they have a tiger saw which is using the plant-based bakuchiol to help with strex marks you can use this while you are pregnant they have cleaning supplies and i have just been sending so many clients to them because they have such an amazing ingredient policy they have great prices and you don't have to go to five different companies to get five different products i can get all five of my products at one company which i'm very thankful for so those are a few of my favorite products um i swear by that tart cherry juice you guys and i reached out to them to get a discount code for you and it's a super easy to remember discount code it's l-e-a-h my name super easy so definitely go try them out they are giving you 20 percent off your first order you will not regret it literally 
the only thing you get is the tart cherry juice you will love me forever um but they do have amazing cleaning supplies and like i said i love their body butters and their hair spreads for postpartum hair growth literally there's there's so many options and like i said their ingredient policy is it's really really good so i'm very excited to partner with them um okay so I'm trying to think of all the rest of the questions. Ooh, actually, this was this is a new one. Someone was asking about the lead content in sunflower seeds, and this is why we love Funky Wellness. Um, yeah, sunflowers do have lead. So does so do peas. Actually, like you know, pea protein. That's why. That's why whenever I talk about supplements, I'm like, guys, get to know your company. Do they test for heavy metals? And I don't know about you, but like the sunflower seeds at the store. <laughs> I don't know they probably don't test for heavy metals. Yeah. And we work with a really cool farm and they do a lot of awesome testing. And like when we get their specs, you know, it's one of the things that I feel like I'm really grateful for. We work with a certified bee court farm as well. And so they're just like extra cautious when it comes to their precautions. And so again, it's where quality and sourcing comes in. It's where really working with companies that you trust comes in. Mm-hmm. I just think that I don't know, like, be careful, like vote with your dollar and like, look at the brands that you're really supporting. And I had to do a big assessment of that. Like even myself, I'm a brand girl. I'm like, I want to support every brand. I want to buy all the things. Like I had, I don't know. I found out some of the brands I really loved weren't being completely honest with me. And like, also they're like, did you see the new study that like any, like all the fast fashion companies have like really high levels of chemicals? Yeah. It's really interesting. So that was like a side note, but yeah. The, um, I'm really grateful to work with farms that, you know, take extra environmental precautions as well. Yeah. So you definitely want to pay attention there. So what about if you are not cycling? So if you do have PCOS or you have irregular cycles, how can you incorporate seed cycling? So I've come up after working with thousands of people on this with a little formula. This is like new. I've okay. been testing it and this is what I find works for people. If your cycle is less than 45 days, so like it's still long, it's still slightly irregular, but it comes, it's less than 45 days. Okay. I find that you utilizing ovulation testing is really cool for seed cycling because then you truly, cause like most of the time, the people that I'm talking to who have cycles that are less than 45 days, their ovulation actually is still regular. It's just outside of what it's regularly occurring in long intervals, but it's not optimal, but it's not optimal. And so with them, I feel, I find that really testing for ovulation, like using LH strips, you know, using natural cycles, using aura ring, whatever you want to do. Temps, take your temps, ladies. Take your temps. Yes. Do you have an aura ring? I feel like every podcast. I do. I'm just not wearing mine right now, but yeah, I do. Every podcast I've been on, I'm like, aura ring, sponsor me because all I do is talk about you all day long, but (sighs) Yeah. Just, well, the thing is, so I don't, do you have the new updated one? So I have the new updated one and I just integrated it with natural cycles. So I have had some clients with that use natural cycles to track their cycle. Um, and it's not always accurate if like you have irregular cycles, but, um, I love my aura ring. If you are very, con- if you know your cycle really well, I feel like aura ring is like a no brainer because but if you have, if you don't know your cycle really well, cause it's not a basal body temp. So no, like if you're learning, yeah. it can be, you, you need to also be tracking cervical mucus and you need to be very like 
familiar with your cervix position if you're using aura ring. Yes. Um, but okay. So if your cycle's under 45 days, use the tools to track ovulation and like, you know, just extend those days out. So like you're yeah. having from your period to when you ovulate, you're having your pumpkin and flax and after ovulation to your next period, sesame and sunflower. I found that that works really well for people and their cycles actually start to come more into alignment more than moon cycling for them. If yeah. your cycle is greater than 45 days, this is where moon cycling comes in because yeah. ovulation is occurring much more infrequently. It's pretty far outside the optimal level or mm -hmm. like of how many times you want to ovulate in a year. And so moon cycling, I'll be transparent. I have absolutely no scientific research on this. This is just another thing I've seen work really well, especially yeah. for people with PCOS is on the new moon to the full moon, you have your pumpkin and flax. And then from the full moon to the new moon, sesame and sunflower. I have gotten so many messages from people that have been like, I haven't had a regular period in like four years and now I'm having regular cycles. And you know, that's another thing, like being transparent with you guys. I don't have peer reviewed research on that, but those seem to be the two ways for people with irregular cycles to effectively see cycle. Well, also like, I mean, babies come on the full moon. So now that I'm saying that, I want to check the calendar because my due date's coming up. I'm like, when's the full moon? We, the new moon's on the 27th. Yeah. So Next. I think the full moon's going to come right on my due date. So maybe, maybe we will like come on oh, time. Baby. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but babies come on the full moon. The, the moon, the tide follows the moon. Um, your reproductive, your, your is, is adaptive. So like, it I had a, doctor tell me the full the moon affects you as much your body as much as if you were to just lay on the ground and I was like if I laid on the ground that would affect my body like it would reset <laughs> my heart rate like so it was one of those things like he was like research shows that the full moon affects you as much as if you were to lay on this ground right now and I was like I do think that would impact my body if I were to yes. lay physically on the ground so this is where my science meets woo woo like comes into play is like yeah there's a lot I can tell you through science and I really recommend you guys you know following credible sources and like questioning things I think it's so good to question I think it's so good to do your own research and make your own decisions for yourself and like not be sold just based on what someone's telling you but then there is an element that there's just some things we can't quantify and I don't know. There's something in between. People with your, um, when I have like women and clients with irregular cycles, I'm like, go outside, uh, go outside at nighttime, um, get the night, you know, Moon. darkness on your face, get up with the sun, get outside, get the sun. Um, one of my friends, because like we talk about periods and seat cycling and we just have to joke about some stuff that we don't have enough science about, but she's like, I went outside and it was the full moon and I started ovulating right then, Leah. <laughs> I was like, probably not, but. But okay. And like, and too, like, you know, another thing that's really great for regular cycles is like even just working on like circadian rhythm and sleep. And so like getting up, like truly with the sun and going outside for 15 minutes and taking a walk and then going outside when the sun is setting and trying really hard to not be on your phone. Cause I didn't say this earlier, but I had a really irregular cycle. So like I am coming from that like frustrated set of people who's just like, what is going on? My cycle used to be like between I mean, like 56 and 60 days. And like, that was like 
just my normal. And so I get it. It's frustrating. Yeah. And if you are perimenopause, cause people ask me this all the time, um, Funkit wellness has revitalized blend, which I think makes everybody's life easier because like your cycle may be lengthening a little bit or shortening a little bit as you head into menopause. And then you don't have to worry about switching. You can, you can follow the moon if you want, um, perimenopause and postmenopause, or you can just use the revitalized blend, which is a different blend, right? It is a different blend. And the reason I created it was so interesting. Like each product, cause like, like the seed cycling kits I developed for myself and my friends. And then, mm-hmm. you know, my mom actually went through, started perimenopause really late. She started perimenopause around like 50. So she like really didn't have any changes until 50. And so like hers is really delayed. And I saw what she was going through with the super regular cycles and heavy bleeding and like all of these things. And seed cycling was just so difficult for her. And it honestly was making her kind of feel bad, bad because she was like, I just want my normal period back and it's not happening. Yeah. And so that's how we developed that blend because it actually has more flax and sesame. So it has more phytoestrogens in it. So it is more geared towards giving your body what you need because maybe in perimenopause achieving a regular cycle like that may not happen like that's your body is kind of trying going through a lot of changes think of it as like a second second puberty and so it's annoying and it sucks and like yeah but that's why we did that was because you kind of need more consistent support on a daily basis as we're heading into menopause so it's got more phytoestrogens a little bit more fiber and a little bit more calcium Mm, all the good things that you need during that time. Okay. I'm trying to think of the rest of our questions. Well, okay. So I want to talk about wins from seed cycling in a second, but Fungit wellness has made my life so much easier, which is why I brought, um, Kate on to chat about it again, because so I used to buy my seeds and then I would store them in the fridge. And then, and so I had like four bags always in the fridge and then I would grind them. And my husband would be like, why are there flax seeds still in my coffee grinder? <laughs> yes. Alex uh, used to say the same thing to me. And, he'd be like, what? Yes. and then I would spill them everywhere, which I still kind of do that anyways. I'm just clumsy, but yeah, I definitely have that issue. And then on top of that, sometimes I'd be lazy and I would put them whole into my smoothie. And then sometimes like the blender didn't grind them up to the best of its ability. So that's how I did it. And I still notice a difference with it. But when I started doing Funkit Wellness Seeds, you guys, I would say my consistency went from like eight out of 10 times to like 10 out of 10 times because like I just had two bags. They were in my fridge and Kate has them blended right before they're sent to you. So it's not like, I know they're not rancid. You can taste the difference. You can taste the difference. Um, and I would just scoop, scoop, put them in my smoothie. Um, I put them in my oatmeal. I put them smoothie, put them in my oatmeal. And then my other way I'll share my recipe with you guys. And if you have another way of doing this, but I will, I make my own nut butter. And once you make your own nut butter, you will never, you'll never go back. So I know you guys are going to ask, how do you make your own nut butter? So I'll just tell you really quick. Yeah, you, give us the details. I know tell us all the things. So pecan is my favorite, but like you can make any nut butter for this. So I, you preheat your oven to 400 and you put your nuts on the pan and you just roast them. So they start releasing, um, a little bit of their oil, but for 10 minutes 
And depending on the nut, sometimes I need to do it a little bit longer. Sometimes I need to do it a little bit less. And then I just blend that until it becomes a nut butter. It's literally that That simple. sounds amazing. I know. So um, one of our coaches in the hormone reset program, like she needs to start a nut butter business, but I don't really know like how you would do that, you know, without stabilizing them. But she comes up with these really crazy recipes and they're so good, but I'm just boring. I just like blend it and it's a nut butter. Literally it could take five minutes. It could take 10 minutes. It could take two minutes. It depends on the nut. Um, so I take two cups of oats, um, one cup of oat. I'll typically blend into like an oat flour, but two cups of oats, one cup of the seeds that I'm in of the cycle that I'm in. And then I do, um, I do shredded coconut cause I'm just trying to get potassium into my life. Like everywhere. Amazing. Yes. Potassium can be yes. tricky. Oh, so I do some shredded coconut and then I do a teaspoon of vanilla. And then I do a sprinkle of like, um, the one Redmond's real salt I do. Cause salt just adds life to everything. And I said, vanilla, and then I do, um, less than a half a cup of honey. Like I don't do a ton of honey. And then I do a cup of the nut butter that I just made. And then if you want, sometimes I'll use like, who's like baking gems. I'll use a couple of those. Cause Landon likes to like bang them and smash them. And I mix that up and I have about two of those a day. That sounds amazing. That's my favorite way. Except for the problem that I have with this recipe is that Landon loves them and Seb loves them. Yes, like, they do not last in your fridge. Every single time I make like energy balls, they're mm-hmm. all gone. Alex will eat them all in one sitting, like 20 of them. I know. I'm like, you do not need that many seeds. You didn't. And you're going to poop a lot now. And your tummy's going to hurt because you have way too much fiber. And those were mine. Ah, uh, yeah. So I do. I will have to say that's like my one pet peeve is that they don't last just very long. Good. Yeah. But that is my favorite way to get seeds in. Um, but I just, I love the way your seeds taste and I love the convenience. And I would say that like at least 80% of my clients use Funkit Wellness, except for the ones that are outside of the U S. Um, because they're like, I'm so much more consistent. It tastes so much better. Um, and I'm going to give you the hack you guys. Okay. So first you do the subscription because you get free shipping, right? Yeah. You yes. do the subscription. And make sure you activate your account because you can literally customize the ship date to your cycle. Oh, there you go. You guys. And so like, if you're on your period right now and you're like, well, when I get it, I may be ovulating. That's fine. Start with sesame and sunflower. You don't have to start on day one of your period, but activate the subscription. Like if you just decide, okay, not for me, then you hit cancel. But I will literally, I I do a lot of stuff to get free shipping. (laughs) Um, so do the free shipping. Plus it gives you a discount. And then add, um, the code Leah 15 L E A H 15. You guys, it brings it down to such a doable price. And I have people that are like, Oh, well, like I just can't afford that. I'm like, well, did you do the, did you do the, the cash saving tips? And they're like, no, I'm like, well do that, (laughs) do that. And that's the thing. And yeah, and you can go in and you can customize it and you can also email us. If you have questions, you can DM us on Instagram or like comment on one of our TikToks. Like we are always happy to help because 
you know, like I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like I still am having like a hard time identifying with that term, even like, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't everything I'd own a business. And like, I started it because I went through this and I was a person struggling with my hormones. I was somebody who just wanted help and couldn't find any, you know, like credible sources or supplements that I would trust. And so, you know, like we're real people on the other end, we're a tiny team who wants to help you and do anything we can to support you more than just like our seeds. So you're always welcome to reach out to us too. Yeah. Kate will definitely answer any questions you guys have. And I've seen, so just from, you know, adding seed cycling and I'm sure like when you start seed cycling, I feel like subconsciously you start implementing other things, but like, I think that is definitely the case. Yeah. We will see women not have tender breasts before their periods anymore. It makes a dramatic difference in period cramps. It makes a dramatic difference actually in moods. That's a big one. Moods pre-period, um, bloating, because again, you're getting the fiber. So digestion's better. For me, acne it was acne. Acne yeah. was my, so I used to have, if there's a video and you can see it, I'm not sure if it'll be out. Like I have, like, I'm actually, my skin is one of my favorite things now that I like love. I'm like, oh, I love my skin. I would have never thought that because I used to have ear to ear, really painful hormonal acne from the time I was like around like 14. And then I got off birth control in my twenties and it came like rearing back because I didn't treat the root cause of it, which, you know, you'll learn all about with Leah. And so yeah, it was acne for me. I hate, I always hate admitting that because I feel like it makes me sound vain, but I'm like, I wanted my acne to go away. I was sick of people commenting on it. Honestly, mm-hmm. people just feel entitled. Like if you have acne, they feel entitled to tell you about what you should do to fix it. Oh yeah. Every, well, everybody wants to tell you what you should do <laughs> to fix anything. Um, but, also you know. three months. So we did yes. not touch on that. So like seed cycling, some people see benefits in the first month. Tender breast is one I do feel like a lot of people see in the first month. And that is probably a vitamin E and vitamin B6 combo happening. It takes three full cycles to feel the full benefit. So for me, like for cramps and acne, it actually took about four or five cycles. So, you know, be patient with it. It does, it does take time. Yeah. Moods. Um, I see in tender breasts, I see a little bit faster. Um, but your follicle journey, we guys, we talk about this all the time is 90 days. So you have to give it the full three cycles at least. Um, so I would definitely, you guys, it's a food <laughs> you, you can sprinkle it on stuff. Like it will literally make your life so much simpler. Um, also to just use a subscription. And I, and I love that I don't have to, you know, go look at, you know, a million brands or be like, oh, they're out of stock at the store. That was my issue is I would always like forget when I was running out and then (laughs) no more sesame seeds for me. I also, I was telling someone else the other day, I do like a check on our prices too. Like I, um, go to the store like once a quarter and I like get all the supplies that I would get. And Mm -hmm. it is not, it's still expensive to do it from the store. And like, seeds are not as good. I'm telling you, like they aren't, I, I did the math with someone yesterday and like, it's like 32, 33, depending maybe on where you live bucks a month with, if you stack your discounts, you guys. Um, so anyways, go to fun, get wellness, use a subscription. Um, and then use code Leah 15 and then share your creations because like I have clients that will share different protein or energy balls that they make. And I find my new favorite recipe, but you're going to have to try really hard to shake me from my, 
from my energy ball recipe. I'll give you like a lazy gal hack, but this is not a budget friendly hack because here's the deal guys. I don't buy new clothes. I don't eat out. I am like a budget monster in every other aspect of my life. But when it comes to my health, it's like the thing I refuse to like Mm -hmm. budget on. And like, but I get it. So I actually do get like the smoothies sent to my house that are like organic pre-made superfood smoothies. So I literally just dump it in my blender, add water, add seeds, add collagen, have that every morning. These guys. There you go. Bing, bam, boom. But it's not, it's not the one, not daily harvest. <laughs> I was gonna not ask them. that. <laughs> it's revived. Uh, superfoods i need to do more research on them i don't want to like be promoting them to everyone let me do a smart research okay we won't but they're really good i love them they're organic they're kind of expensive it's like my one guilty yeah it it does things i have a lot of clients that it's like it makes your life so much easier to just have them shipped to the door um i have a lot of clients depending on their dutch tests sometimes they have to go on maca or maca, however you say it. So I always, I, yours is the only one that's not disgusting, but so I I just have to share this. This is completely off seed cycling, but everyone that tries maca has like a different description of how it tastes. Like what is that? If you ever want to laugh, go read our reviews on the maca because it makes me laugh because the first time I tasted, I was like, yeah. That's why we went, we tasted so many lots because we get it imported directly from Peru. And so we tasted like, I think like 30 lots before we found like the farm we wanted to use. And it's really interesting because everyone has different reaction to it. And one person had a very strong reaction to it and left a very strong review, which (laughs) makes me laugh every time I read it. And like, very funny so you guys should just go read it yeah I do not get it because I'll have people be like it tastes like butterscotch or Nutella and then recently someone was like it it smells like cheese Leah I'm like what what to me it tastes like butterscotch and then sometimes it can be a little bitter to me I find like I also have no evidence on this but I I know that my taste bud changed throughout the month and Mm -hmm. like it really does depend where I am I really like it I do the mushroom coffee you put me on to. And so I will put like it in my mushroom coffee, which I don't know if I probably need that much of a boost, but some days I do feel like I need that much. And I just told someone that today, I either put it in oatmeal smoothies or like the mushroom coffee. I don't put it in regular coffee because the mushroom coffee has a much more even, um, caffeine yeah. hit to me than like a normal coffee. And if I do normal coffee, I put coconut milk in it, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay. So anyways, before we keep talking about just random foods that we eat. So if you guys have any questions about seed cycling, please let us know. Let us know. Thanks for having me again. I love coming on hanging of out with course. you. It's so fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.